0: Welcome back to Enlighten Up for episode 81 Arcturian Transmissions, Sweat Lodges, and Trinity Energy with Jody Moss. Jody has some beautifully grounding and humbling energy that he brings to the show today. He's going to share with all of us some of his stories that span the content of ET transmissions, stories that come from sweat lodges, and as well he's going to speak about the Trinity energy and how he stores it into some pendants. So stick around for the show and let's jump into the episode and find out what Jody has to share with us. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Enlighten Up and Happy New Year. It is actually New Year's Day today when we are recording this episode. And Lisa, Brian, how are you feeling for 2019?
1: Fantastic. Looking forward to a great year.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's going to be an excellent year. Me too. Brian?
2: Uh, Not hungover, so that's a good start.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I got that out of
2: the way a few nights ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) Well, everyone, we have a really great guest joining us today. His name is Jody Moss, and he's been a spiritual person all of his life. He remembers making his first pendulums from wax when he was a teenager, and his grandfather, taught him how a Y-rod works by using a tree branch. He works with crystals and standing stones, L-rods and pendulums. Jody has been receiving information from Spirit for many years, specifically the Arcturians and they're called transmissions from the group. Information comes to Jody in real time, taking the form of pictures and impressions, which he then uses to create crystal devices. I can't wait to talk about these crystal devices. So these devices range from crystal power rods to pyramids large enough to sit in. Jody and I actually met a couple weeks ago while filming a spiritual roundtable with 5D TV uh, through our good friend Lana, who's also on our show back in October. So Jody, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh,
3: thank you. I'm very well. Thanks for having me.
0: It's so good to have you. Happy New Year. And thanks for doing this.
3: Yeah. Happy New Year to everybody. And yeah, I, I'm excited to be here and I'm going to follow your lead.
0: <laughs> well, why don't we start off with um, your first experience there with making pendulums and your grandfather's teaching? That okay. sounds pretty cool.
3: Yeah, that goes that goes way back, and from so everybody understands where I'm coming from. I believe that a lot of well, all of us are born a lot more in tune than we are as we get older in life. So these things aren't really things that I've done, but basically things that I remembered. And early on, uh, I, was, I was lucky to have very supportive parents. They were kind of open-minded. I, I was born and baptized into an Anglican church system, so I understand that. However, I always knew there was a, uh, an, another side to it. So I researched and I explored, and I found, well, uh, cool, back in my day, because I'm, I'm 59 now, that's like I'm going way back, there wasn't a lot of written material. There was no Internet. So we, we were very limited on what we had to access. But I had found a book on pendulums and dowsing, and I had learned that the early pendulums were made out of paraffin wax and like uh, like a hemp-type cord or a cotton, a natural material cord. So I made uh, little molds out of copper piping and poured wax into them and used, made my first um, pendulums. And from then it was just – Oh, like wow. A, go ahead. Yep.
0: No, I was just going to say, and like where, how did that inspire you? Like where did the inspiration come to really make them?
3: well i always i always wanted to know more i always had a, a back in my day they called it esp um extrasensory perception there wasn't again the titles of being an empath or indigo or any of that so they called it esp and i was always interested i always i always liked nature i always liked animals i always knew that there was a little bit more and i remember um i think i was probably 15 or 16, sitting at the kitchen table. We, we lived in West Hamlet at the time in Ontario. And my dad had brought a book home. He, he was working with a guy who was extremely open-minded. And, and the, the title, the author of the book was T. Lobsang Rampa. And the book was The Third Eye. And I remember my dad standing there and I have two other brothers. And he said, if you boys are smart, you'll read this book. So I read the book and it was all about a, a Tibetan fellow before the Chinese invaded China, so it goes way back, and he had been chosen to, uh, they trained him to extend his memory, and they did things to open up his third eye, and this is the kinds of things that I was reading, because I read the book, my dad didn't even know I read the book, because being, you know, a young guy, you don't really do what your dad tells you, so he snuck off to the side and read the book, and then I read the whole series (laughs) after that, so that was what really launched me, and they were talking about, uh, wow, you know all kinds of astral projection like these books are old but they're still available and that's what really got me going so then i was always seeking right and then i learned how to use pendulums and i learned how to use dowsing i was introduced to astral projection how to create thought forms and it just went it it just snowballed from there
2: you know that's that's really interesting because uh, i i never you know this this world that we that i find myself in the midst of i I never connected the the term ESP, you know, because that's, that's, you know, I grew up knowing that, you know, extrasensory perception, uh, you know, ESP, but I never, I never connected that that's what this is, you know, that what we talk about every week is, is in that same realm.
0: Mm-hmm. Your intuition, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, oh, interesting.
3: You know, people ask me, what do I do? I don't like that. I don't want them. I, I'm just living as complete as a, a human being as I can. We're in the era now where everybody needs a title, whether they willingly accept it or just given it. And certificates and titles, they're important. But for me, it's a huge part of distraction. We are who we are. We we came into this world as spiritual beings. It, it, its uh, I, I'm having a hard time putting it into words, but. I think you are understanding what I'm saying. We don't it's all the same thing. It's all the same soup. You know?
1: I, I completely understand. I think it's when you when you go through whatever you want to call it, an awakening or a spiritual journey, I think that's something that you struggle with a little bit because you're you're trying to detach from this world a little bit, but at the same time there's so many beliefs and expectations that it's, it's hard, you know, to break away from that.
0: Yeah. And it's like the, the ego wants to define everything and put it into a box and the spiritual sense of us wants to expand and explore and not have limitations. So it's kind of trying to uh, step beyond, I guess the program system of making everything defined. And that's a, I think that's a big thing for people when they're, because so many people are really starting to open up to their more intuitive capabilities, psychic ca- capabilities, ESP. But so many people think it has to be a certain way, and you need to perceive the information in a certain way for it to be heard or understood. And there, I, I'm, you know, through this journey, you start to realize there's so many different ways of pulling in your information. Like Jody, you say you pull in like images.
3: Oh, yeah. Like, even as we're all here talking as a group, I get impressions. Like, and this is where sometimes it gets me in a little bit of hot water with established people in this field. Because I don't go into a trance. I don't meditate. As Even as my words are coming out of my mouth now, I'm in contact and connecting. So I don't believe. I know from my own experience. And I'll only speak from my own experience. I'm not going to judge how anybody else does it. But it's it's an extension. It's like a doorway through our, I guess, energy bodies to higher resources of information. And they don't always have to come from, lack of a better term, aliens or whatever. They don't need titles. This is how we're supposed to receive information. Meditation is the key. If you can quiet your mind and everybody says, oh, I, I don't have time to meditate. I started out meditating three minutes a day. Everybody's got three minutes a day. And then you find that you don't have all the random thoughts going through your mind. So now you're open to what was always there. But it doesn't need a title and it doesn't need a real technique. It's just empty-minded. And I mean, I've had information come to me about things and processes that I have no other. And I remember this because I'm writing a book now. I'm going way back to when I was in like grade four knowing things. I had no way of knowing how I knew them. So how do you answer that, right? Other than the fact that there is a bigger part of us that we're not using, and it doesn't need a title. It's just, I guess, wake up, simplify your life and be quiet.
1: Well, you made me think when people say they don't have time to meditate, like how much wasted time we spend just sort of daydreaming, like sitting off and thinking about whatever, where you could just take that time to just try to not think.
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, Jody, um, what were some of the things that you realized in grade four?
3: Oh, uh, I mean, before before I even went to kindergarten, I remember in the basement of our house again in West Hamlin. I don't know how I found this out, but we had the old batteries with the carbon rods in them at that time. And I remember taking a hacksaw, cutting the batteries apart, taking out the carbon rods, hooking them up to copper wire in another battery in a tub of water with a full jar of water. I'd put the carbon rods inside the jar, flip them upside down, and when I hooked it up to the power supply, it, you could see the little bubbles forming. And I, I quickly learned that was hydrogen as soon as I put a match to it and never did that again. That kind of stuff. That sounds I dangerous. Te- I, I had a telescope, I had a microscope, I had all this in kindergarten.
0: Oh, hold on. Oh. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You did that battery work when you were like five years old?
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and then I remember going into the school system. And I remember process through and I'm, I, I'm not knocking education, but there's more to it than what we're Don't receiving. worry,
0: we do it all the time on this show. You yeah, can knock feel, education. <laughs> <feel> free. <laughs>
3: At a very early age, I knew there was more to life than this. They're putting me in a box you know, I don't want to be in this box. And that's where at 59, I'm going back to the way I was when I was five to 10 years old. That, that method of thinking. Mm.
0: That's really cool. I, I, and I feel like that's kind of what the spiritual journey is all about. It's about un like deprogramming yourself and returning back to the, um, the more, the purity that we were before we took on all of people's imposed ideas of what life should be, belief systems, all of that kind of stuff that really is just entrained to us just through living with our family to start off with before we even get into the institutions.
3: Yeah. Now we'll, 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 we'll push the envelope a little more here. They say by the time you go to grade six, you've lost so much of who you really are. By the time you graduate out of high school, You've lost even more of who you really are and if you go to engineering school or university by the time you get out you're only like 20 your your thoughts are only 20 percent of your own everything else has put you in a box and there is because
0: we seem tell. to want to go
3: there there is there is a, 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 a um, there is a form of thought that says the education system that we have now is just distraction The one that Tesla Mm -hmm. and everybody else had is a different, more, it's technology mixed with more of a philosophical spiritual. So say it was 50-50, 50%, you know, logical, 50% spiritual. So they saw a bigger picture of it. And I want to ask you, I want to put this out there to carry on with that. Here we are, the most educated people probably in the world. And when we get sick, who do we seek out? The little guy in the rainforest in the Amazon who's got all this stuff, all these medicines, all these shamanic or medicine techniques to travel to other realities, who knows nothing of our scientific world, yet they have all the answers. Don't you find that interesting?
0: I think it kind of speaks to um, you being, you know, at a a very young age in grade four, knowing that you were being um that you knew a lot more than what than understanding how you knew it and i think yeah. lisa and i are on the same page that we've always known that doctors didn't have all the answers they had some of the answers but neither of us i think are in a place where they would be our first choice for <laughs> health uh health care they're,
1: they're my last choice
0: yeah actually <laughs> yeah and you know, you know they has, have
1: their place. Western medicine yeah, it's has right. its place. I mean, absence, lives are saved every day with Western medicine, so you can't dispute that. But I think looking for an alternative before you you run that way is definitely something yeah,
0: to try. Preventative stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, so Jokey, so, so,
3: yep.
0: Go ahead. I was I wanted to ask you when did you first make. I'm going to call it contact, but or when did you start communicating uh, consciously with the Arcturians?
3: Okay, so to go with that, I believe that they've always been transmitting in, information down to the world, and only at certain times do people become aware of it. They're not really allowed to interfere. They're allowed to. Uh, they can. They you you can put all the tools in front of someone but they can't tell you how to use the tool. So we have to wake up. And that's what, that's what this is all about. And my, I mean, I didn't know what the Arcturians were. Uh, I even stayed away from it. I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to be put in the same group as everybody else. But uh, this is a fact. And this has been proven with other people that I've connected with on social media. On my right leg, and I've known this, I showed my mom this when I was like eight years old. Just above the knee, there's a, uh, formation of freckles and it's the formation of the great of the big dipper and off the handle of the big dipper there's two other freckles and i didn't know what that meant i didn't know what that meant till i was in my like early 30s and it was a bookstore in toronto um i don't know if it was the omega bookstore there was a one that had all kinds of spiritual um books in it and i looked up on the on the. Oh, that one in up. yorkville i think so yeah i don't think it's there anymore but it used to be there but anyways, I looked up on the shelf, and there was a book, We the Arcturians, and right at the top of the cover was the Big Dipper with two um, stars off the handle, and that the, the brighter star was Arcturus. So then I knew there was a connection to where this stuff was coming from. But again, I never really owned it until just recently, and that's when by making myself really aware of it, because if it's only been like the last two years. I've been making power rods and crystal devices since my early 30s, but in the last two years, I really advanced into the pyramid, the large devices. And that's when I knew there was an Arcturian connection. And that's why I, when I present this, it's Arcturians transmissions from the group. So they want me to say the group. And the group could be, you know, I've just recently been introduced to Abraham and the writings. Have you heard of them? Uh, the Law of Attraction? Yeah, they mm-hmm. refer to a group. Mm-hmm. They ref- Everybody seems to refer to a group. And the group in my case, and, and the same in Abraham, I think, are a group of high vibrational frequencies coming together to, to assist us in our transition from where we were to where we're going. And I just became aware of it, and, and, I, and I knew it. And once I owned it, like now I'm even doing a talk show like this, I would never have done this over two years ago, but I know I have to.
0: That's, I, go go ahead, Lisa.
1: I was just going to say, I don't know if you know, but I channel light language. Mm-hmm. But you have me just buzzing over here. <laughs> it's, like, not, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> we're all Something, I know, but it's when you talk about certain things, I'm like, I can barely contain my energy.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel you. Th- I thought I heard some noises coming from over yeah, there. Yeah, sorry.
1: There's some jumping going on over here.
0: <laughs> so um so jody what was one of the first messages that came through to you
3: um again them? they don't they don't sit and give me messages they give me pictures and i have to act on okay. those pictures so i would get a uh, well when i first made my first power rod i had the sense that i had to go down to my little workshop in my house and it was nothing more than a workbench and a bunch of clutter and i went down there and i saw some copper and i started cutting pieces and putting pieces together and they weren't always the right pieces. And where I'm going with this, it's not what you do. It's the fact that you've listened, you've acknowledged, and now you're acting on. And that works for everyone. And I tell people I used copper. I'm happy with copper. Other people might do paintings. Other people might sing songs. It's the same information. The key is to listen to it, to respond to it and act upon it. Um, so I went down I made my first rod and usually in the beginning when I started making them I couldn't stop till they were finished and I put a crystal in it and then they said it needs like I put a flashlight in the handle and turned it on and that was the Arcturian auric balancer and I made that 30 years ago and when I and, and, I, and my first um, I have the Trinity pendant now the first one was the Seth pendant that incorporated a computer chip with program frequency on it, much like a, a mantra with Herkimer diamonds, and it was designed to use the the human aura in connection with the Earth's aura. So you have two energy fields that act like, I guess you could say, a transformer. So it, anything that was in harm, um, not in harmony with you, would be drawn into the chip, converted to a harmonious energy, and retransmitted back out to the universe. I made that 30 years ago. And a lot of times, they give me ideas that I can't make myself. So I had to reach out to an electronics person, I had to reach out to a computer person, I had to work, reach out to a, a pewter man to cast the bodies of dependence. But that's how it works for me. And and, and the, the pictures, I get maybe two hours sleep a night, I can't shut them off. As much as I meditate or whatever, there's so much information coming now. I I, I, I don't know, I'm hoping that by coming out and presenting on a platform like this, others will be attracted, and we can all come together and work work as a team. Yeah. So, do you
1: do you create these things and offer them? Like, do you sell them? Or
3: yeah, everything's for sale. Every, everything's for sale. The pendants are for sale. The pyramids are for sale. Um, I have obstacles because I don't know how to ship the big stuff. I don't know how to do that in, you know, the States. So it's pretty much Canadian, but the smaller devices like the pendants, we ship them all over the world. Yeah.
2: How, how big are these pyramids that you're talking about and what are they, what are they made of?
3: Yeah. The pyramid I have in the basement. And again, I, I, I had to research this, but I'm pretty sure it still is. They're only three sided. So somebody said, well, it's only three sided. It's not a pyramid, but I did a Google search and there are three sided pyramids. So my pyramids are all three-sided. Everything I do is three-sided. The rods are three-sided. They all incorporate three, six, nine frequencies. The pyramid I have in the basement now is about nine feet tall. And it has, it, it's, it's not just copper, copper tubing. There are materials inside of the tubing. It's, it's composed of three different metals. Uh, it is composed with my auric balancers on the top. So it's, it's, I call it a, an Arcturian ethereal pyramid because it's half in the physical and then it goes half into the energetic. So this device, we've had as low as one person in it. And I also hold events at my house where we take it outside and we can pull the pieces apart and we can put 40 people in it. So that's how this one works. So all these pictures are up on my website too if anybody wants to see them.
2: and 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 what happens when... You, one person or 40 people are inside of this, is it okay, so, called a device? or
3: I call them all devices I, I, and I refer to them all as tools to assist. The information that I receive. they wanted me to put things together that people could have a, an experience with. So when people come to me and say, well, what does it do? See, I'm not the kind of person that really, I'm not a pressure salesperson. I'm here to help people have what I refer to as a wow moment. And these devices seem to, from the feedback I get from people, immediately give them a response. So as soon as they step into it, they're having an experience. And everybody, I mean, we've done shows. We've done the Cosmic Alien Expo in Toronto. We've been around. And people go in them, and and the reports coming back from these people are everything from uh, a totally non-believer He was a lawyer, actually, went in, sat for five minutes, came out, said, I'm a non-believer. All I can tell you is I had a backache when I went in. I don't have it when I come out. So everything from that to, wow, we were up and we were on the mothership. We saw everybody. We're getting all this information. So it just covers every aspect of simple to the most advanced experiences I've ever heard of. And it happens fast. Most people stay in six minutes or less.
0: And you say I think you told me that when you um, because I know when I was up there, we were trying to I was trying to come over to your house so I could go into the pyramids. But you've said that a lot of people when you're outside, you bring the pyramids outside, see the ships in the sky.
3: Yeah, we had one experience outside where I think we had about nine people. And I also I do part of what I do because it's all energy work, whether it's pyramids or you go way back to using a a traditional drum and rattle. So I use rattles to work with energy. So I put all the people in this pyramid and it was night and it was lit up because I have the the rods light up. And then once they were in, I start the rattling which means I work with the energy in a way that I know how to work with. And it enhanced it And, and, and the clouds came in and it started to rain. And the surprising thing is, everybody had, and I didn't tell them, they all reported sensing a ship above us. And the rain that came down on us was the most unique rain that I've ever encountered. It was almost like it wasn't wet and nobody got wet from the waist down. It was really unique. So that's happened. That time You know, when a couple you... times, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, when you started talking about doing this at your house and knowing Nicole, I I was just going to say, and Nicole, you didn't go over there and get him one?
0: (laughs) I really wanted to, but it was like, yeah, I had literally one week and I had so much in my schedule that I was, I didn't know how I was going to fit it in. But I know that when I go back um, in the spring, summertime, that I'm definitely gonna go over there
1: i could feel your excitement from here i was like i know she wanted to go so badly
0: i <laughs> yeah. did come on our
2: cruise and bring bring a pyramid on the cruise
3: yeah the whole thing is portable it comes apart it can be moved um so i just need to figure that all out and i, I i'm happy to go around that's where i want to go go around and give people the experience and there's a fellow that's up here he does work on uh, uh, he calls them radionic starships. So they're high vibrational spaceships or, or some kind of craft that come from a, a higher dimension into ours. And we can't see them. And this, this is what I'm telling you this because this happens most of the time when we use the pyramid. When you, these starships come into our atmosphere and when you look up and you see a, a very strange cloud formation, apparently what's happening, is the magnetic fields from these high dimensional starships are attracting water vapor in our atmosphere. So when you look up and you see a round cloud formation with lines, and it it just doesn't look like a normal cloud, possibly it's a starship. And we get that a lot. When we do the energy work outside, we look up, we see them
0: all the time. I've definitely seen cloud formations to me that are unmistakably a ship i know brian would Mm -hmm. say it's rain clouds but i there's just when you look at it they're so different than the regular clouds
1: yeah you've sent me a picture before
0: yeah i did and it was like it was it was probably around this time last year or like just in the springtime like maybe maybe february of last year and it was, it, to me, I, I, I just felt an imme- immediate like hello from Pleiadians when I look, because I, I, I almost was, I had my head down and I heard look up and I looked up and there it was this massive cloud that had two other ships behind it, um, but it was the main mothership I could see in through this cloud formation. At least that's what I perceived it to be. If I, you know what, I have the picture, Jody, I'll send it to you after we're done.
3: <laughs> okay, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to add in here, if it, it, I don't know if you've seen a picture of me. I mean, I have a picture of an archery and robe that I made 30 years ago. That's a little out there for me, but that's me. I'm the most grounded person you're ever going to meet. If I don't sense it, I don't feel it, I don't see it for myself, I don't tell people about it. Everything that I share and everything that I put in my book, I have experienced. I've been in numerous sweat lodges. I've led sunrise ceremony. I've been part of a conference of nine people picked in the world to come and do a three-day sweat and talk about how we can – I mean, I've been around the block. And if I don't sense it or feel it, I'm not one of those woo-woo people that just tells you this is how it's supposed to be. I, I, my whole mission here in this life is to allow to provide or assist a person in having their own experience and then helping them along their path. Self-realization is key.
2: You, you and I have a different definition of, of what a woo-woo person is. Mm-hmm. Because I think... What's your... Yeah. Well, somebody that makes pyramids in their backyard might qualify as a woo-woo person.
3: As a woo-woo person, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Just from the skeptic's point of view.
0: Yeah. So... So okay, explain to us then, um, Jody, this these pyramids. How do you perceive them actually working to assist people in having an experience? Like, what are the what are the mechanics behind or the energy that you yeah. know of?
3: The belief the belief system that I've learned through my knowledge of you know accumulating and reading in my life is basically there a, a power rod or a crystal device or the pyramids and i'm not a physicist i don't know but apparently they're like subatomic particle accelerators particles are attracted to the copper they accumulate in it and are projected out through the crystals amplify and project so that is the basic theory behind it except that it extends into more frequency and vibration because there's color every color has a vibration and a frequency so it's like it's like a an energetic soup that we're creating and that's about twenty five percent. The device that a person sees is twenty five percent. The other seventy five percent is the person using the device. So I guess by definition, it is also a, a radionics machine. So it's the operator with a device working with energies to enhance uh, a, a positive experience. That's how that's how I tell people.
2: Is is are these things a regular person? And I'm let's not use the word regular i mean any any person i mean can can i make this could lisa make this and have the same effects as as what what you're making or are you making something differently because you're being you're seeing images or you know you're you know being guided so to speak to to make them in a specific way or imbue them with with some sort of energy
3: yeah, absolutely. I'm not uh, intentionally putting any energy into them, other than the fact that I'm receiving information. I strongly encourage anyone to go to the hardware store, get some copper, get some wood, uh, get some doweling, make your own devices, because that's part of the growth process. It's part of uh, connecting to those higher, whatever you want to call them, because they're in my. From what I understand, they're watching us, and a lot of people talk the walk, but they don't do it. They want to see people get involved. And, and the energies when you make your own device are the energies that because you're the go between between physical and spirit coming through you. The energies that you make that way will be more in tune with you than if you buy one. You know, and in saying I'm from both worlds, I like to make my own devices, but if I see something that really speaks to me, I'm the first one to say I want it and I get it. So it's just you so can't uh, go ahead
2: in, in, instead of selling your devices, like your pyramid, would it be better to sell the, the, the blueprint, for lack of a better term, to for us to make our own pyramid?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been asked that so many times. And, and that's why my first book's coming out. And it's it, we're almost ready to go to edit and then publish soon. It's to give people an understanding of the foundation. Like I also teach workshops on this kind of thing. Not how to make it so much, but how to work with the energies, um, because I find it's it out there. And I'm only going by feedback from people that it's beyond their comprehension how this works. And, and right. the, where the challenge comes in is it's not that it's overly complicated. It's just that most people can't see the simplicity in it. They can't see what the basic, simple fundamentals are, which are not complicated, and work on those. For example, meditate. They'll want, they'll want to make the device. And I'm not, I'm not speaking for everyone, but generally what I get, they want to make the device, but they don't want to meditate. Well, if you meditated and made your own device, you would end up in the same place where I am right now. Make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, we can get the blueprints. We can all We can all make a car. We can get the drawings to make a car, but we won't all end up with the same car.
2: True.
0: I think people are just so disempowered. um, We've been taught so much to be disempowered that if we want to have anything great, it's outside of us. It's not already within us. And it just needs to be pulled up to the surface. And it also speaks to this idea that we're, um, and, and I believe that Teachers are very important um, to help provide some level of guidance for people that are are new and starting to learn something. But there's also this um, energy of wanting to just try it yourself. Just figure it out yourself without having to have all of this outside energy coming in that may actually confuse the situation or confuse your own energy when going to try and build something from scratch on your own.
3: Exactly. I, I would sooner have someone come to me with a picture showing what they've tried and saying, can you help me? Absolutely. I, I love that situation, but I'm also trying to bridge the gap between that situation and helping people through what I call the distraction out there to do their own thing. And, I, and it's not complicated. All you have to, I work with what's called the Trinity energy. There's three energies and there's a long story to it. Um, Simply find three random stones. Anybody, you guys can do this. Any random stones of any size. Get three of them and make a three-sided pyramid in your house. Do it big enough to put a chair in it and sit in that and meditate. Have your own experience. That's how simple it gets.
0: Brian, you could totally
1: do that.
2: Yeah, but I won't. We have
1: plenty of rocks in the house,
2: and I mean, I, 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 now I, I could see, I could see, you know, Lisa doing with that because she has a relationship with rocks, and you know, she you has don't have
0: lots. any relationship with rocks.
2: No, but Lisa, I mean, Lisa sleeps with rocks <laughs> and me, um, just but, under my pillow. But you know, I mean, she takes them with her, but but I, I, I think that would be very interesting, and I and I would be up to, to hearing. Lisa's experience because I mean, she has them and she imbues them with energy and she can see the energy from, from, from the different crystals and stones. And, and I, and I think, I think that would be cool for, for her to try. I mean, it would, it would just be, I I know you're, I, you're going to say that I'm missing the point and I'm not missing the, the, the point, but it would be a waste of time for me to try it because it's just not in my, it's, cause not, your head
1: gets in the way because
2: it's not it's not where i am in in my journey is to sit in rocks and be quiet so you know
0: <laughs> i was not going to say you're missing the point
3: <laughs> that's why they call it a path it's different for everybody and we're all at different points in the path and what's right for one person isn't right for the other if you don't like rocks take 3 jars of water you don't like three jars of water and you don't like rocks, take three chairs, make the pyramid, consciously sit in it and see what happens. It, it, no. it, there, there is no, no, well, you have to be open to there's more out there than, you know, and, and nobody can force it. it, it when, you're, when people's times come, they're ready and they'll do whatever it takes, whether it's go I, I to t- a three year retreat, you know.
2: I tell you what, I'm willing to try is three rocks of ice in my whiskey.
3: (laughs) I knew
1: something (laughs) like that was going
2: to happen. Don't
3: put ice in it.
2: We'll start there, (laughs) and we'll move... Or, you know, yeah, I'm...
0: So are you saying you want to put three glasses with three rocks of ice, of whiskey, in a pyramid? No way. No, because then that. I'm
2: not drinking it. I'm sitting in the middle of it. I wanted Well,
0: to- you could have three straws, three very long straws from the, the drinks coming to your mouth, and you could sit in there and see if you have an enhanced whiskey experience.
2: Yeah. You, you see –
0: I'll
1: just put the rocks around our bed and he'll be lying in bed and he He won't even know know it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll be like, Hey baby, let's practice meditating right now. And he'll say, okay, just breathe with me and we'll see what happens. Okay. I'll see.
3: There you go. Yeah. If you can, now that I know the the trick. Yeah. The key is the number three in the triangle. That's the important part.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's a 3 sided
2: triangle. Yeah, they have to be in the shape of a triangle. Of a triangle, and
0: of a triangle how yeah.
2: precise is it how, how precise does it have to be?
3: I lay them out. I don't measure angles. I just I get them. To, I don't want people come at come at me with protractors and all kinds of devices. No, just put three stones <laughs> or three things, wherever. Don't let it become an obstacle to you. Just the key is to make a three-sided triangle as equally as you can and use whatever you would
0: like. Three
3: See, I could tell you.
0: Brian would be the no. one who goes down with a protractor and and's like, Lisa, you didn't measure these properly.
1: <laughs> yeah, equal, yeah. Equal I was thinking that. I was so happy you said you don't have to measure angles because my first thought <laughs> I was. Know, I don't think oh, that. He measures everything. He measures yeah. everything.
2: <laughs> have you not seen the pictures on our walls and how precise they are? <laughs>
1: he weighs the coffee before he grinds it, he weighs the celery <laughs> before he juices it. <laughs> this is all true.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: But Nicole, you, I know with the crystal card deck that you have, I mean, we, we both have it, but I know you're more familiar with it than I am, that there's a lot of different methods of, of taking those cards and put, putting them in different shapes and, you know, lying down and having them around you. Is that kind of the same principle?
0: I know that those cards, they're, they're used to work in specific areas of the body. But yeah, you're right. They, they are making shapes. They are actually making triangles. When I think about, and I actually didn't realize that till you said that right now, that when there are, there are trinities, there, the Atlanteans in ancient times had these crystal trinity healing um, trinities, I guess you could call it. And the crystals would be placed in certain areas of the body. And many times... One will be on the heart shock or one will be on the left shoulder and one will be on the right shoulder. And so it kind of creates this triangle or in different ways. And so that's really interesting you said that. I do know, Jody, when we were filming and you were talking about your crystal um, pen, pen, pendant that you were wearing um, mm-hmm. and that you had the Herkimer, you had three Herkimer diamonds in there. and. Right because you're working with that Trinity energy. And I, remember, like, I instantly remembered that the Herkimer diamond is the energy of oneness. And I just thought that was really mm-hmm. cool that you've been guided to do that and put the that energy of oneness in that pendulum or pendant, I should say.
3: Mm-hmm. And I'd like to add, this isn't new. This has been around forever, this energy. It's just, there's a different way of, I'm hearing it a different, I've tuned it in differently on my, my mind stereo, you could say. And I did it unconsciously. It just happened. But it's the same energy that was way back in Atlantis. And it's going to be the same energy that's way ahead of us in the future. But we need to start working with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, have you had, because you seem to, I remember Michael asking you a lot of questions about ET. Have you had any ET experiences yourself?
3: Uh, what's your definition of an ET experience? Have I seen things in the sky? Yeah, absolutely. Have I seen, uh, Beings, I've seen beings at sweat lodges. I've seen beings when I, I mean, 30 years ago, there was a crew of us that went out looking for orbs and all kinds of, we went all over this part of Ontario and saw so all kinds of different things. Uh, have I had experiences recently? Yes. I've had visions. I've been taken to places. Um, is that kind of information you're looking for?
2: Yeah, that's yeah. a yes.
1: And is this when you get into your pyramid, you said that when people get into the pyramid, sometimes they have these experiences as well.
3: No, I've been having these on and off. Uh, What I found when I go into my pyramid, that for in my situation, I can go in with a question and go in, sit there and get the answer immediately, or be taken somewhere immediately. So basically what the pyramid has done for me is speed up my process. And I don't know if this is coincidental or what, but I've made this comment recently, and even my wife has noticed it. Don't laugh now. But since I started sitting in the pyramid, I'm getting a lot more answers right on Jeopardy. And I don't know why. And I don't <laughs> you know why. don't laugh. I know. I, no, I, I, don't, no. I don't know why, but it's a, it's a fact. For me, it's, it's ha- something's happening.
2: Now, I don't, I don't want to force the, 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 the issue here, but I'm going to throw this out. And, and Nicole, you're okay. going to know better than anybody else. Um, I think it would be so cool to to get Jody and his pyramid on the cruise. And I know we're talking just a few weeks away. So obviously we have some offline communication to, to do. But that would be, I mean, that
3: that would just be such
2: a cool experience.
0: Yeah, Jody, you doing anything on January 17th?
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. I got to look into this. I got to see it's kind of short notice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Leave it with me. We can talk after the show.
0: You know, we've okay. had
1: numerous de- guests that have spoken about just the collective consciousness and having access to all this information. And I know there's numerous people out there who can tap into whatever, you know, you want to become a an artist or a professional golfer or engineer or whatever that you, that information is available to be downloaded to you. So mm-hmm. that doesn't surprise me at all when you say that you're, you're getting better at Jeopardy. Like, it just makes sense.
3: Yeah. And I guess what I'm trying to say here, too, is, like, for me, if, if I'm trying to help myself, I do whatever I can to be in the most intense energy that I can be in. And I'll use an example. If you live next to Sedona and you can go to one of their vortexes, go. If you have a bunch of crystals, the the, the important message here to all you and your listeners is don't let money be an obstacle. You don't have to travel. If you have the means, by all means, travel. But you can simply work in your own space, in your own home, by meditating or getting a crystal. And I'm a huge supporter of natural stone. I believe that the natural stone from the area from where we were born is very powerful for us, and I do a lot of work with local stone. So as long as it's within everybody's means, and if they have questions, to reach out to us and let us help them along their path. But it should there should be no there is no reason to say I can't afford it or I can't do it because in this energetic basically energetic energetically all we need is our own physical bodies. And we can do exactly, we can walk on water, do whatever we want, once we get tuned in to the right frequencies. And it's been mm-hmm. written in all the old books, you know.
0: I, I just like want that. To that's empower
3: very empowering. Empower people to start. And we need to be here as the people we are. So when they reach out, we can support them.
0: Yeah. And I think that's great. I think that's, you know, for me, that's always a positive sign when seeking people out to understand more information from is that they're coming from this place of empowering you, not trying to lure you in to need you uh, for their answers. Like they can't get them without you. Uh, it's like you become a crutch and a lot, there are people in the spiritual community who do that, who approach it more like, if you don't listen to me, then you're never going to reach the destination that you want to reach um, without my guidance or... Well,
2: that, and that's not just spirituality. I mean, that that gets to what we've started talking about right at the beginning of this episode and that, mm-hmm. that gets to, to, to Western medicine. I mean, that's that's what it espouses. You know, you, you watch TV, you can sit down... And watch TV for any hour in any time of the day, and you're going to see one commercial about some sort of pill, right? I mean, that's what it is. This is the way. This is the way to fix this thing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's outside of you, and 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 unfortunately, that's kind of you know the, the 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 way our society, especially in in first world nations, you know, we want something. You know, we want it quickly. We we want the, the the quick fix. We want to just buy the thing. You know, and that gets to what Jody was saying. You know, you're you, you're probably going to have better experiences if you make if you make the thing yourself, and you're putting your own you know energy and prayers and thoughtfulness behind it. You know, it's it's like buying a loaf of bread versus making bread, mm-hmm. versus grinding your own flour and making the bread. And all three of those are different experiences. And it's going to taste vastly different, and you're, you know, because you're, you're, you put something into this thing, and you're just going to enjoy it more. It may taste exactly the same, but you've put something into it, and you appreciate it more.
1: That's why grandmother's cooking always tastes better because she puts love. Yeah, absolutely. Into it.
0: Look at yeah. our skeptic being all wise. Wow, there were some wise words coming out of our skeptic's mouth today.
1: You know, I was just thinking as he was talking, wow, like. The one thing, the one change that I've really noticed in Brian is just this adoption of self-healing more so than Western
2: medicine. I've always been that way, even but before I met you. But,
1: but more, it, I just feel like it's, it's unraveling more and more.
2: I think you're just, I think it's, I don't want to say confusing, it might be confusing or interesting, that somebody like me that doesn't believe in hardly anything <laughs> that you guys talk about but I've always believed that I've 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 never sought out western medicine I've never believed in western medicine I've always had my own path and belief and for me to believe that one thing which is very core to what you believe but then I don't see the I don't see the rest of it I think it's interesting
0: yeah. Start. Uh, yeah, and it's then, a start. Jody. That's
3: part of what we're Yeah. That's part of what we're trying to put into words. That maybe we use different terminology but it's all the same thing. Yeah, there's all, yeah. there's that common thread in us, that common familiarity that says there's more or something should be different or that's not for me. And that's all this is, a part of that process.
0: And like Brian was saying, you know, what you put into something, your experience it really does become your own teacher. I just really believe that experience is our greatest teacher. I'm, I would love for you to expand upon the experience you had in the sweat lodge where you saw these beings.
3: Okay. Well, it goes, okay. Just, this is the first sweat lodge that I was ever invited to. And it was at new credit, um, which is in Hagersville, just South of Hamilton, Ontario, which is, what, 40 minutes west of Toronto. So I went to, I, I, like, I was invited to a sweat lodge and, and they didn't have a fire keeper. So the fire keeper is the one that stays outside and, and brings the grandfathers from the fire into the sweat lodge. If you've never done one, there's a whole story to it. But a friend of mine from Australia, that's another whole long story, but he was in the sweat lodge because he had to go to Alberta and he had to leave. So I said, I'll be the fire keeper. You go in the sweat lodge with the elders and have your experience. So while I was outside, like it's dark now and it's in the fall and where the house was to the north of us and we were between the house and an open field and the sweat lodge was going on and it was a process and they, they do different rounds. So the first round they took in seven grandfathers from the fire and did their thing and they opened the door and they asked for seven more. And it was between the second and the third round that I had looked down to the south of the field and it was like a haze, but a certain part of the haze had light in it. And, I, I continue, and I'm i the only one outside. And I continued to look at this, this, this hazy light. And I'm going to say it was about 30 feet high by maybe 200 feet wide. So it was like a rectangular, but not with solid, not with solid lines. And right in the middle of it, as I was watching it, something slid to the left. And I was looking inside of it. And as I was looking inside of it, I saw tall beans walking back and forth in front of the doorway. So that was part of the experience. And then when I turned around to look towards the house, the ground was sloping away from me. And they had like those, it was like a mulch, but it was the black, the dark mulch. And in the mulch, the, the dandelions had gone to seed. And that the ones that stuck out in almost radiated light was a big dipper and off the handle was two bigger ones. So that was my first experience at Sweat Lodge.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's kind of intense. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, that's a very divine um, encounter.
3: Uh, And the other people that came out of the Sweat Lodge, they saw the same thing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And do you have any idea of what the beings were doing or uh, if how, if they were assisting in the sweat lodge ceremony from a distance.
3: I think what happened was, I think the sweat lodge raised the frequency of the <laughs> vibration of the area around which we were standing mm-hmm. and it made the veil thin. So I was able to see what actually is already there, maybe in another
0: dimension. That makes sense.
3: And there's all kinds of stories. There's all kinds of stories for that area of land about an old village and old shaman, and, And, I mean, they've done Sundance ceremonies there. They've they've done all kinds of stuff there. So it was a hugely energetic spot. And I think, I, I believe that, like, sweat lodges and pyramids or whatever are ways of raising the vibration and making the veil thinner. For me, it was confirmation. I don't know so much about the vision of the ship or whatever it was. But when I saw the big dipper in the handle, I knew that it was connected to me somehow. So that was one. That was one time.
0: And what about the time you recently have had where you were taken somewhere, you said?
3: Oh, just when that was that was where I went to. Uh, this is getting way out there now. Um, I have Not a whole belief system. <laughs> I have a whole belief system from how I, I'm a twin. And back in my day, nobody knew. The doctor didn't know my mom was having twins. My brother was born 10 minutes later. I was born. So nobody knew I was coming. And I have I remember times from before I was born being in a large dark area and basically in the center of it, I'll say a room, because I don't really understand what it was, but people would come out of the darkness and come to me and talk to me. And then bang, I was here. And now I'm having those visions again. Only this time when I get in the pyramid, I go back to that spot. And I'm starting to understand more of who I am and why I came here and what I'm supposed to do and doing shows like this is part of what I'm supposed to do. And writing my book is what I'm supposed to do. So,
0: so when you go into the, the period, in my opinion, it's a starship. That's where I go to. Okay. Okay. So it's, um, so basically you're just really raising your frequency so much that you can work within the higher um, dimensions to experience what you're experiencing.
3: Absolutely. That's what I believe it is. As I, as anybody gets into higher energies, and that's why I encourage people to locate them, because by being in a higher frequency or a higher vibrational energy, whether you're aware, and even as we're talking, we're talking in the physical form, but our energy bodies are speaking at a level we don't even know about. And that's what I'm trying to tell people. If you get into high intense energies, whether it's a sacred site or a sweat lodge or go do some drumming with some elders, whatever it is, you're raising your vibration. And I I, I don't know if baggage would be the way to say, but blockages in our energy fields, our auras, because we're not solid, will be shaken up and be allowed to allow us to process them. And the clearer we become, the clearer the signals become. It's like a stream. You have a stream. If you want to increase the water flow, take out the branches, take out the rocks, take out all the obstructions that are holding back the water. Energy is the same way. And we're part of that stream. So work and be around intense energies.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that that's why I like hanging around Lisa, because she always raises my vibration. She's got awesome energy. Mm. (laughs)
1: same same with you so jody you um sorry i got distracted because i have this intense buzzing in my ear um your right ear uh no my left ear actually it's hard to tell i think it's in both because i have headphones in (laughs) I think, I I know Nicole has too, and a lot of people have been experiencing that lately, just the the buzzing in the air. But when it comes, it's just sometimes it really distracts you. It's like... Um, So as far as your intuition, you said you see pictures. So do you see people's auras, or are you you able to see blockages in people, or what is it that you experience?
3: the 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 pictures that I see... Our information coming to me, so I'll get a picture of a uh, part of a device. So I'll make that part. Then I get another picture. It's like breadcrumbs on a path type of thing. So that's how it works for me. But when it comes to working around people, I can just tune into them, and I'll I can tell, you know, this area needs some work. This 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 area there could be a blockage. I don't really get into breaking down, and I don't analyze. Too much. I, I, I'm from the school that there's energies that are in harmony with us and energies that are not in harmony with us, and we work to 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 make it uh, fluid by removing blockages or in harmony inharmonious energies. So that's how I work. I, I don't get into a lot of terminology, but like now I've started doing energy sessions again at my house. Um, I, I start off. I, I it's a I call it a Reiki energy session, and it just helps people shift and move through and it's done in my pyramid room with my pyramid. So it's different, I guess, different modalities and ways of working with frequency and energy. And I just tune in. I just know where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do to assist that person in freeing up their energy. So it's just intuitive. I just, I've learned to feel it. That's all I can say.
0: And have you been receiving any um, pictures or images while you've been speaking to us today that, you feel are maybe something you want to share with the audience?
3: Uh, Well, what's coming to me now is basically my inability to express how simple it really is and that everyone can do it. And those are the points that they really want me to stress home is to, to reach out to the average person that doesn't have to be a believer in anything. See, and this is where I draw a blank because I don't know, I don't have the words for it. But just let them all know, I guess, that we're here, and when the time comes where you're looking for a little more, then we can help, we can assist. But it, they have to be open-minded. They have to, they have to be at a point in their life where, uh, like Brian said, every instant gratification, where you know it's easier to take a pill than maybe alter your lifestyle, or it's easier to get into some technology rather than do it yourself when they're at the point where they're ready to be responsible for their own energies, I guess is the best way to say it. Then that's, we're here for you. Let me, let me, let
2: me give you a glimpse into the mind of the skeptic and Mm -hmm. why we rarely come to that point because we have expectations when, when I want to do something like this, my mind says okay i'm going to i'm i'm going to be open minded and i'm going to try this and i'm going to put the three stones around me and i'm going to meditate the moment the skeptic does that we want to see something we want to see proof we want to see the vision because we hear okay you guys you're i'm seeing the the, the starships or i'm you know, I'm 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 having some sort of, you know, what, whatever it is, I, there's an experience and we want to have that experience. And and as you probably know, it's not that simple. You say it's very simple to do and you're right, but it's not that simple to have an experience and it doesn't always happen right away. And that's what's going on in my mind that I'm going to sit down as like, OK, I'm going to give you one chance to quote unquote, prove it to me and I'll sit down and do it and it doesn't happen. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not there. And that's, that's why it's a, a weird thing or, or a, a hard thing for us to get behind and say, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be open-minded and try it. And then it doesn't happen. And you're like, okay, well, you guys are crazy.
0: Well, here's, okay. Here's the thing though, with that, I, there's two things The first thing is, is that your assumption that it must happen on the first time, and if it doesn't happen, it just doesn't work. There are so many times, especially scientists, who've had to try things numerous times before they get something right. Um, And this has happened with great thinkers and philosophers and and all that throughout time. Um, You know, I was just speaking to someone recently who was trying something. And for an entire year, he didn't have one experience, but he stuck with it. He stuck with a teaching that he was told to do, which was actually very, very simple. And he only had to do it like every day for, I think it was like 30 minutes. And it wasn't until the year was over, still doing it, that that's when he had his first experience. And so this idea that if you don't experience it on the first time, that it just isn't going to happen for you, I think is one of the shortcomings of uh, many people's approach to uh, experiencing the uh, energies that we just aren't tangible to us.
2: You're, you're You're absolutely right. I'm just telling you that's what's going on in the mind of, I think, a lot of, let's call them average people. There, well, the, it's, the second
0: it's, thing, the second thing that I wanted to say was that it's just not where your interest lies. So you're not going to want to put in that much investment of your energy mm-hmm. into it anyway. Right. So th- there's always that to take into account, which Jody has said that, you know, if you're not interested in it's just not something that's really meant for you to explore at this time. There are other things that are probably interest you that you may actually have some kind of experience that a lot of other people wouldn't have um, doing those other things. So I think it's like it's two separate things that are not really separate, but they kind of play off one another in that it's important that you have an interest and a willingness to want to experience it um, beyond just, oh, I want to prove it. And then also that idea that, you know, Lisa and I were talking about this when I got back um, to Colorado that we we're so tied into that instant gratification, and if it doesn't come to us, then we just give up. There's not this mm-hmm. willingness to put in the effort and the time to build a connection, to build yourself up to a point. And I think that's where this, I think that's where many people are starting to shift away from and realizing the value in investing yourself mm-hmm. and not just this simple gratification.
1: Well, I think that that holds true for almost anything that you do, whether it's learning how to bake or learning a new computer program or doing whatever it is that you have to do that takes time, learning a new language or a a musical instrument or something. like It's so easy to give up when you have been trying, trying, trying for maybe months and then you're just like, yeah, I'm just not going to get this. It's
2: easier not to do it than to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: But you have to have that interest level that I'm still really interested in learning to do this, to keep it fueled and to keep you going. And, and I think the programming of the, the self, the immediate self gratification that is going on constantly, you know, that we're being bombarded with, um, knocks us off balance a little bit that we expect to be able to do things quicker and see results faster. Mm -hmm. You know, the, Mm -hmm. the, the six minute abs, like if I can't have abs in six minutes, fuck it, I'm never going to have abs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And this is the, you know, and there's always going to be people who are genetically predisposed to some just nicer looking abs. It doesn't take them that much work to do it. You know, they're naturally, it's just, we all have our natural gifts, whatever it may be. And I think that too, it becomes really hard, especially in this kind of arena, when you're working with intangible things, ideas, concepts, energies, to... You see someone who just naturally has the gifts from maybe perhaps when they were born, they just see things, they hear things, they can interact with, with energies that none of us can see. And then you have those of us who have to work at it and build it up, who don't have the natural gifts from birth, or perhaps it comes in all of a sudden, like spontaneously, like your light language, you know, and it just happens. Like there's so many different ways that it can come in, but I think sometimes we look to the people who have the natural gifts and they think, oh, well, they can do it so easily. If I can't do it now, I'll never be able to do it, which is disempowerment. True.
3: Yeah, and I I believe you're, you're, you're extremely right and you have to have an open mind. You have to be interested in it. And I'll share an experience. Years ago, I do house clearings where I go in and harmonize energies in people's homes. And I was able to take a friend of mine with me. And this guy is a scientist, engineer, electronic guy. He doesn't believe anything spiritual. So we went through the house. And we went down to the basement. As we were going through and walking, I noticed that he stumbled. I didn't say anything. I had him back up. We went back upstairs. We came back down and took a different path. But in the same spot, he stumbled again. And I said to him, "I said, what just happened?" He goes, "What do you mean? I just stumbled." I says, "Yeah, he didn't just stumble." So as I took him back out of that spot and brought him in, I said, tell me what you feel. So well, I don't really feel good in my stomach. So oftentimes, even someone who doesn't want to believe or who is not interested is having things affect them. They just don't know how to interpret it. So I was able to talk him through it, and he had an experience. So That's really interesting. It's just—it's. I think it's all here, but we just can't listen. We're not hearing it.
0: And what was it about that spot in the house that was tripping him up?
3: Oh, it was just an, it was just, an, actually, there was some uh, uh, old energies from, from a, like a, an Indian tribe that was there before. It was just something that wasn't in harmony with him. And it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be in the house, but he was unconsciously stumbling every time he walked through it. So, you know, we just harmonized the energies and everything was fixed. But the real point was that he, even him as a non-believer was having the experience. And it was just such a an oversight on his part that he didn't even notice it until I put him back in the situation twice. And then he became aware. Interesting. And he didn't really jump up and down going, yeah, who, I've had an experience. But when, when he stood there and he was thinking about it, that's that's a wonderful experience, it's what I call a wow moment. That there now your thinking is going a little beyond with, I can't explain this. What was it? You know?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, we want to see a big kaboom, you know? And yeah, if we were just reflect, I think it just on our basic day and the, and the experiences that we've had as small as they are, and we take the time to sit with our day and, and think about it, even, even things like that, Nicole and I notice all the time, like with numbers, like we're aware and that, you know, I just keep seeing the same number today over and over and over again, whatever that may mean, you know, we have our, our theories on that. But I think it's just, it's more about reflection, and and taking the mm-hmm. time to really reflect on the little things like that, like, it didn't, like, we're told, oh, that doesn't mean anything, or you didn't see anything, you know, from a small age, when you had, make believe friends that you spoke to or you saw things and your parents or teachers said you know you are not seeing anything and there's nothing there and stop it and pay attention i see dead people yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know but if we just take the time to, to think really about it and not judge it and say maybe there was something to that maybe there wasn't but at least you're taking the time to kind of notice or or think about it
3: exactly
0: and that's uh, that's why
3: the other thing that's very important.
0: Go ahead, Jody. The other thing
3: that's very important, the other thing that's very important is you can't say I'm gonna go sit in a pyramid and then have expectations or any kind of spiritual work. When you go in with I wanna see a ship in the sky or I wanna see a, a spirit manifest right in front of me, as soon as you put conditions on it, ninety percent of the time you're gonna miss what's actually coming to you. So it's best just to go in open mind. If you're open minded enough to even do it, just keep a clear mind, no thoughts and allow the experience to happen. And you have to be aware of everything. And I'm continually doing this with people and they go, wow, how did you notice that? Well, you have to. You have to notice that that squirrel is standing on the hood of your car playing a banjo. Have you all heard about Ted Andrews, Animal Speak? Now, when animals do strange things and show up in your life. Like a squirrel, not playing a banjo, but he's on the hood of your car. He's not meant to be there. So if you look it up, and nowadays you can just Google it, spiritual meaning of squirrel. And the story goes that spirit guides or high vibrational energies take the form of an animal to get our attention because we're so caught up in distraction. We notice the squirrel on the hood of our car, but we don't notice something else. And it's an extremely powerful tool. It works.
0: Yeah, I get a lot you know, of my clients it, to spirit. pay attention
3: to that. Yeah, and spirit will take a form or information will take a form that won't scare us. You know, if, if we're at a point in our life where we could, we could accept a ship landing in our backyard and them coming out and talking to us, maybe that's what we'll encounter. But a lot of people, that would just send them over the edge. So they have to be reached out to in a different form, a different expression. I mean, it's different for everybody.
0: Absolutely, and Jody, before we go, can you tell us a little bit more about your pendants? Because, and you know, if anyone in our uh, audience is interested in getting them, first, can you tell us what are some of the things that people have noticed when they wear your pendants? Uh,
3: firstly, there's a three day introduction time to it. So if a lot of people aren't used to work, if you're familiar with crystals, you'll understand that if you pick up a crystal that's really charged, it uh, can affect you physically. You can have cramps in your stomach. You can have dizzy spells. The Trinity Pennant is like an intense crystal. So I always tell people there's a three-day, like an introduction period where the energies get used to you and you get used to the energies. And basically after the three days, most people are accustomed to it. Um, I, I, I wear mine when I go outside the house. When I'm in the house, I don't wear it around so much. But it, it is a there is a chip on it. I'm, I have an electronics engineer that I work with, and if you're familiar with what a mantra is, we have burned that information, which was sent from basically the Arcturians, onto that chip, and uh, it's all designed into the the pendant. And people wear it. People love it. They it's, it's, it's Basically, the feedback we get is that it's supercharged. They're, um, uh, it basically If you, you're familiar with when you were a kid, you had a magnet, you put a paper over it, and you threw the iron filings on it, and they all lined up. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what, what, what the response is, that it kind of tunes them up or lines them up, and then they just become who they are. And after a while, you don't even need to wear it anymore. Just wear it when you need it, when you feel it. You know, it's, it's like
0: a crystal that speaks to you you on an intuitive level. Yeah. Lisa, Lisa, what do you want to say? (laughs) I feel like Lisa has something to say. I, when you
1: started talking about your stomach, not feeling right and energies and, um, just that's where I feel most of my light language comes right through, I guess, my solar plexus, the energy hits me there, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. um, i I definitely feel that that if energies are really off, I'll get a like a stomach ache or s-
2: something just doesn't feel right in my stomach i need I need to buy one of your pendants for my wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say for you. That's
3: where
2: I, <laughs> yeah, negative ghostwriter.
3: <laughs> That's where I feel everything when I'm walking around on land or in people's homes. It's right in my uh, right in my solar plexus area. That's where I'm the most receptive and that's and then once I have those sensations, then I can tune into them better. But that's where I pick them up right off the bat.
1: Mm-hmm. So at the risk of of going, I don't know, maybe not, I'm just gonna say this. Um, are you, have you heard light language? Are you familiar with it at all or
3: Yeah, these are all terminologies that I've been recently introduced to. Um, people actually say what I'm doing with my pyramids and devices is a form of light language. So, but they I'm have not a message an expert for,
2: on it. They have a message for you. I,
1: I don't know what that. I don't always feel compelled that, to say something in light language to our guests, but I have mm-hmm. been feeling compelled since the beginning. <laughs> it's like they're knocking on my okay. door. Um, and, I'm, and I don't translate these messages, you just get them as they are okay now i feel better <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thank you. No, I can't talk. I was just completely, my head was just buzzing, just like pins and needles all crazy. And, it, and, and it, they th- if I could interpret the way I it was, it wasn't sent to the person you're talking to. It was sent to a person, part of me, of who I am. And this came to me when I was in high school and, and another guy just did it. He wrote my name backwards, and a lot of times when I get impressions and and, and information, it's my name backwards, which is Dodge Sam. That's who that energy spoke to, and it, it'll. It, I feel totally lined up now.
1: Great, It was definitely meant for you. I felt that completely. That wow. it was like.
2: I just have to say this. I've never
1: experienced know... anything like it.
2: And and I I and I know this is just gonna make nicole squeal but
1: (laughs) we love it when nicole squeals uh,
2: i hate doing this (laughs) while while the whole time lisa was doing that i kept thinking this has to be done backwards
1: (laughs) what do you mean wow what has to be done backwards
2: the the light language has to be thought about backwards and he said his name backwards
1: Oh so maybe like maybe we could play it back backwards,
0: no, Lisa <laughs> Jody just said that the it was no I get to that a, I get that no, I
1: understand the qu- the synchronicity
2: it is a coincidence no,
1: I understand that, but then it made me think maybe we could listen to the light language backwards. I wonder what it would sound like
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe, but it's interesting that Brian picked up on yes. the backwards energy of. You see, you
1: he's just way more this, intuitive than yeah, he make this
0: stuff up. Like, yeah. And yeah. I, and I appreciate Brian, you saying that knowing that it kills you to say it, knowing I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Jody, this is the first time you've ever experienced something like that. You were saying.
3: That, that I've, I've never experienced. I, I, I actually had a friend. Um, I've heard this kind of light language before once but I've never had this experience that I just had. I thought I was going to start bawling, crying and and my whole head I'm telling was tingling and and I had a distinct picture of my name backwards and a, and a vision of some being, which is part of me that I haven't been able to connect with. And I think I'm connected now.
0: Well, that's great. That makes me so happy. I will say Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Lisa's light language is pretty powerful she just did a healing session or transmission for me and i also bawled halfway through it um spontaneously and felt wow. like a surge of energy come into my body at one point so she's and, got, and for,
2: she's for, got for our energy. listeners for for our listeners she she does this she will do uh, a special transmissions for people and she works with another uh we've mentioned dd a couple times on on the show and dd actually can see you know like images and kind of kind of translates it so if if any of our listeners you know are interested in that to to message us and and yeah. uh you get a get a special special thing and you know she you know if you want to make a donation or you know whatever whatever works for you it's it's a pretty cool thing that she does
1: and i have some of my some light language videos posted on youtube so yeah with the translations that i've done with didi
0: and i will say to both jody and our listeners um You know, the the information that could come through can be so profound that it almost takes you (laughs) like a day or two to process and more things just start coming into your awareness. And um, I'm going to have to share with the audience and my YouTube audience after the cruise, something that Lisa helped bring into my awareness through this transmission that is part of my healing journey and is going to happen when we're in Tulum on our cruise so stay tuned for that and jody i'm so happy that you were able to have such an incredible experience yourself that's a big that's a big deal having that alignment come in
3: oh huge i want i have to ask something now now you're you're in colorado lisa and brian where are you colorado okay colorado and i'm up here basically it's three points three parts of a triangle. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But <laughs> very obtuse. You're not in the same triangle. building. You're in a different location. We're in a different well, location so.
1: than Nicole. We're about 30 minutes yeah. from Nicole. Yeah. Well, if you feel like you want some more light language, just uh, message me.
3: Okay. How do we Let get hold
0: of you? I'll I'll link you guys up. Are you um, on the, after are, the show? Yeah, I think it's all up. Yeah. Okay. And also, when I was in um, Canada, Jody, uh I don't know if you were there because I know you had to leave early, but Lana and Michael, um, we were all talking about you guys coming to Colorado and us all getting a house in the mountains and doing like a weekend. And Lana would do a lot of filming and we could all do some, you could bring your pyramids. Brian could sit in one out in like the, the forest. <laughs>
3: I can bring my scotch.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
3: no ice, no ice, no ice.
0: You can like Brian yours go? neat.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm up for everything. I mean, I'm, I, I'm keen. I'm just, and I like the energies that I'm feeling here. I just, yeah, absolutely. Open to okay. everything.
0: Well, let our, audience, let our audience know where they can find out more information if they want to get in contact with you or they want to purchase your pyramids or pendants.
3: Sure. Uh, My website is www.arcturians.ca. So it's www.arcturians.ca. And everything's on there. I have pictures. I'm doing the website basically myself. I'm trying to keep it simple and just get information out to anybody. But you can email me from there. And I'm happy to answer questions or do whatever I can to help anyone.
0: Oh, that's great. And your book... Are you allowed to say what the title is, or not yet?
3: I haven't got a title yet. Oh, I, uh, I, I, you, I'm you, up, you
2: do, you do have a title. You said it when you were talking about it, and I heard it, and I was like, "Wow, that's the yeah. title of the book."
3: What is it? God, Wake up! I have to remember it, I have to listen to this again. Wake, Wake up. up! Wow, that is so cool. Yeah, maybe. Okay, good. But I'm up. I'm over three hundred fifty thousand words already. So I'm working with a book coach, and we have deadlines. And whoa, this is coming out. There's probably probably going to be three or more books.
0: That's a big book. Three and it's and just my life.
3: Words. It's mm-hmm. like it's everything from the rods to the everything. Everything's in there.
0: Very cool.
3: And I guess the the message of the book is just I I really want to reach out to average people. And just say, "Wow! Look what this look! Look what this fellow has been through." Maybe there's some common ground there, and we can. I'm gonna share quickly another quick. Just I was in a sweat lodge. This time I went in the sweat lodge, and I had a vision of a serpent. And I'm, when I say vision, I'm sitting there wide awake, and I saw this because the sweat lodge is so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face. So I saw this serpent come down from the universe. And I was like off to one side of it, and it went down to the earth. And everywhere it touched on the earth, a fire started. And this serpent had feathers coming off it. And the message for me was that everybody has a little spark in them, and we have to fuel that spark in the people, blow oxygen and give it fuel and help them on their path. And and it showed lights starting up all around the world, and that's what we want to do. That's what I want to be part of helping.
0: Oh, it's igniting the spark in everyone else so they can continue to pass it on.
3: In everyone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, what a great message. And thank you so much for coming on the the show, Jody. It was a pleasure to have you on. I can't wait to- Especially the
1: first day of the new year. How exciting.
0: I know. I know. Great way to start. Oh, it's a
3: great, a great start. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, you're very welcome. And, I, and I've had a wonderful time meeting everyone and sharing in the energy. And I'm here. If I can be of support- don't
0: hesitate. Oh, well, thank you. And to our audience, I'm going to leave all that information for you to contact uh, Jody if you need to, or you'd like to purchase any of his stuff. It's going to be in the show notes. And uh, we will we will be back with you again next week. So if you need any more information or you guys want to email us, we have have received some emails from you guys, and we're going to actually get your requests out on the air soon. So thank you so much for that. If any of you who are listening would like to reach out to us and, either have a guest you'd like us to bring on or you have questions you'd love us to answer on the show please send those into our email info at enlightenup.us all right everyone have a happy new year let's make 2019 a great one filled with um abundant joy and happiness for all bye everyone bye